0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mashless Buttons Mashcast. Mashless Buttons podcast dedicated to video games, community, culture, and industry. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. What's up? And I am here with the Games Industry Public Defender and Scourge of Ironforge, Nick Zelenkevich.
1: Hey, how's everybody doing?
0: They're doing fine, they already told me.
1: <laughs> <We're
0: good. laughs> yeah, this is episode number twelve, and today we're going to be talking about politics and games and game communities. So, oh, could be heavy, could be not. We'll see. But before we get started, I'd like to welcome any new listeners. Anybody listening to Mashcast for the very first time, thank you very much for taking the time to check out the Mashcast, and uh you know we hope you enjoy become a repeat listener. And also anybody who is a returning listener, thank you guys very much for coming back, you know, again and uh, listening to our ranting. So before we hop into our main topic, we just want to catch up with everybody, see how everybody's doing. How's everybody's, uh, you know, gaming been going these last two
1: weeks?
2: Well, Nick has a longer list, right? Because you haven't been here. Let's
1: no, you, true. you pretty much called it last time. It's been <laughs> Heroes, Hearthstone, and WoW. So I really don't have anything to say about those.
0: Well, we did. Me, you played uh, heroes in between them and had an awesome time losing.
1: Yes. Well, no, we 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 went fifty fifty. So that's not too bad. We did. You're right. You're true. We did
0: go fifty fifty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only playing character
0: like being very uh, stingy with our pick, our character picks. There. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I I'll had, play any character as long as Zagara.
1: I had certain quests I needed to fill, so I did well you enough. Gotta do, you got to do. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so we had a very motivational teammate. That was fun. Keep it going and make that a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, check out our Twitch channel if I had Twitch clip. It was awesome. So Well what about you, Christina?
2: Uh yeah, I haven't been doing anything I should have been doing. So I got new games instead of playing old games. Um I played Castle Crashers on stream. I don't know if that just recently happened or not with one of my uh followers he's been asking for for a while so that was a lot of fun i never played the game before i've just seen it a bunch of times but i didn't have an xbox when it was big so uh yeah that was cool and then i started playing zero time dilemma um which is the third title of the uh zero escape games the nonary titles or whatever it's corny it's really (laughs) corny I kind of want to play it because, like, it kind of wraps things together, but it seems like it's kind of there for fan service, and it's just, like, I can't even explain it. It's just, like, super, the voice acting is super out there, and the other two titles were a lot better, Um, and it took about two to three hours to actually get into my first escape room. Um, So... There's that, but besides that, I've just been playing Final Fantasy. Um getting ready for the update on Tuesday. Uh I don't yeah, whenever that's going to be for this, but they're going to have heaven on high, so I'm really excited for that, which is going to be like the new deep dungeon. Um and I think that's it. I really don't think I've been doing anything besides that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I know for me I have all these games that I'm like supposed to be playing, right? And that just, just, it just hasn't been happening. <laughs> um, I uh, obviously play Overwatch. Got to play Overwatch. I have a podcast about it. There's no, there's no not me playing Overwatch, <laughs> you know. But um, for some reason, last weekend I came home like really late, and I wanted to play something, but I didn't. I, I played Overwatch for a little bit. Got re- tired of that real fast because it was mid season. Right or the the season had, the midseason so the season had ended so we're in the off season. People are playing like assholes. If you do go to competitive, like they're just leaving games and leaving a game in competitive in the off season is worse than leaving quick play because quick play you get backfill. Like they'll just put somebody else in the game. Competitive in off season they don't backfill that, and you know the person doesn't really get penalized for it. So you're just kind of stuck there because even if you leave that game. Your account is stuck to that game until the game's over. So even if you try to go into another competitive match, or I think I think even quick play, it'll put you back into the match you just left. So you're stuck. Um, so I actually I loaded up Orcs Must Die. Oh and I I was like I haven't played this game in a while. And I for some reason I thought the game came out in like 2013, 2014. Like it came out in like 2010, I think like 2010 maybe 2011. Like it came out really like a while ago. I was like, I don't know why I never finished this game. and I got there, and I saw that I made it halfway through the game. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start back from the beginning. I'm going to play a little bit. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm going to play to like 2, 2.30, something like that. Dude, I played that. I went I played Orcs Must Die from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Holy just cow. back to back to back to back. Just like I just kept going in. I'm like, man, why did I ever stop playing this fucking game? This game is fucking awesome.
2: <laughs> That's where you get you yourself know? every time where you're like, I'm just gonna play this for a couple of hours, and then a couple of hours pass. Like I do this every time I play Persona, where I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll just play until like two thirty, and it's two thirty, and I'm like, ah, I can push it till three, and then three pops up. I'm like three fifteen. Like every single time.
0: Dude, it's yeah, it was ridiculous. And then the next day, like I woke up went to the gym, came back home, finished the game. I only have, like, like I think, like, six or seven uh, levels left, you know? And I'm like, damn, like, I didn't even realize. Like, I like I, I don't know why I didn't play the Like, I never finished the game. Unfortunately, the thing is, like, I actually played Orcs Must Die 2 before I finished Orcs Must Die, and i kind of so i kind of understood what was going to happen later on in the game like i knew who the bad guy was already because the bad guy because your partner in orcs must die two is the bad guy from xbox xbox (laughs) is from orcs must die one so i kind of already knew that and i understood what the person was doing so now i need to play orcs must die two but i want to play a co-op like that game is made to be played co-op and um i just haven't had anybody to play with so but I do want to play it and it's super cheap on steam. It's like six bucks. So I'm sure I can find somebody at some point.
2: Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can run on a 1050, Nick. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, besides that, I, for, I also, um, you know, realized that when I saw at for the E3 show, like when we talked about gears, I'm like, that's right. I never beat gears four. So I actually turned on gears four again and started going through it and for those who have played gears for i stopped right at the part where the locust where you basically find you know go back into where the locust are essentially um it's like you know you go from fighting these machines to fighting like um uh, you know um what's the word I'm, I'm looking for like locust before they're fully locust they're kind of like um larvae like larva of locusts? basically that's what they're like and i'm fighting them but i stopped like early on in that and i'm playing the game like this game is not as enjoyable as i remember it being why is that and then i remembered before i got to that part i was fighting robots and stuff like that i wasn't fighting the same enemy i had been fighting for the past three gears games and that's why I was having fun before. And now I'm kind of just like going through the motions of trying to get through the game, you know? And yeah, like that's kind of the, the, the that's kind of the, you know, where I am right now. I'm like, I'm going to finish the game, but I, um, I don't know. Like I can't, I, I thought I was going to, it was going to get me kind of riled up for gears five. And it's really not. It's helping me realize why I'm not necessarily a Gears of War fan, (laughs) per se. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that they did, you know, the dialogue is, is a bit better than the previous Gears games. And I appreciate the fact they toned down the whining. For such a macho game, Gears of War has so much whining. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, Gears of War 1, pretty macho. Dudes, buff, guns. Saw motherfuckers in half. Dear Gears 2. Oh, my wife. My wife. Gotta find my wife. Oh, shit. She's gonna die. I'm just gonna kill my wife because she's so fucked up. That's Gears 2 in a nutshell, if you haven't played it before. Sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> Gears 3. My dad. My dad. We gotta find my dad. Oh, shit. He's gonna die for the cause. Thanks, dad. <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's Gears of War 3 in a nutshell. Have you seen so that YouTube warning.
2: video, too? No. Okay. A YouTube it, video? It's basically I forget what it's called, but it's just a YouTube video of all the Gears games, just like the Gears of War in a nutshell or whatever. I'll I'll show you like later, but it's basically that. And yeah. like it's like with what, what's his name, Dom or whatever, just shouting Maria the whole time.
0: Yeah.
2: and then then, like there's like a truck like going into the thing where he like blows up and they're like there's time you can jump out and he's like no i have to do it and he just like dies for no reason it's a really funny he did die
0: for no reason Uh, yeah
2: Yeah. i I, I didn't play the game but i watched that and i was like why did he not jump out
0: because he didn't want to die he could he just killed his wife the game before you know so hey Shit happens, but yeah, Gears of War, tons of whining uh, for a game that's so fucking macho, and it's kind of annoying, Uh, but the dialogue in this game, in Gears 4, was actually better, like, it's more comical, it's, uh, it's, the dialogue is better, if I, if the, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that it gets a little bit better as I continue, you know, the game, maybe I could just adjust back, to fighting locusts but i want to go back to fighting the robots the machine fighting the machines was fun like that was actually a fun thing to do so um i don't know we'll we'll see what happens it kind of reminds me with halo about like that with halo right with halo i absolutely hated the flood halo isn't that like for me is, a, is a, an incredible game that is it doesn't ruin the game by any by any means don't get me wrong but the once the flood come on the scene it just hampers the game like the fun level of the game comes down especially when you like when you get to Halo 2 and the little flood little you know popcorn kernel guys can reanimate flood that you've killed that shit is annoying like that like that that flood was just an annoying enemy so now with the new halo game since there is no flood at all i'm extremely happy as i was playing through um halo 5 i'm like oh please god don't bring the flood back please god don't like don't do it like there's a couple times where i thought they might introduce something like a flood you know and i was like oh god don't do it and they didn't do it i was so fucking happy so but yeah that's what i've been doing um Main, like just gears, and I only played it once uh, and actually sorry twice I did do two sessions of gears, and uh then i uh you know I had to work some stuff, but other than that, like it's just been that's what I've been doing lots of overwatch stuff, especially with the new you know we got some metric changes new character, but I have an entire podcast to talk about that, so I'm not going to hop into it. What we are going to hop into is games and politics, which actually the the, there was a, a thread on Twitter that kind of brought the topic forward, and that's actually more about games and- uh you know politics and game communities and we're going to touch on that but we thought the more interesting subject would be actually games and politics and what that means, and you know where we see it. but I guess the first question is should games be political? Does anybody want to answer that question first that's the first question
2: It depends on the game. I guess, like, I don't know, I don't think, I mean, movies are political, so uh, in some aspects you have your comedies that, you know, or whatever, you have your political movies, I I think that there's room for a mixture of that, I don't think that you should have a game where it's not a political setting, and then out of nowhere it's political, maybe that that could be out of place, but I don't...
0: Well. Like remember the question was, do games have to be political? It's like, should they be political? Mm. So based off of your answer, I'm gonna answer your to answer it for you. Yes, you think games should be political in some cases
2: in some cases, that's a yes, yeah, yeah, it's a yes, so okay. okay, yeah,
1: there we go. I've just committed you to that answer, Nick right.
0: Thank you.
1: Well. <laughs> y- yes, games should should be political uh I think is is po- well, I mean it goes back to the our games art argument because art expresses a viewpoint viewpoints are inherently political and therefore if games are art then they're going to express a viewpoint and be inherently political so i i I think i'm trying to think like as far as like the most abstract of games like threes or or something along those lines or, or even even go like something like that like there's okay there's not enough there that's purely just a mechanical like logic exercise so i don't think that can be political. But once you get to an actual narrative where you're telling a story and you have characters and you're, you're, you're sort of saying something about the world at large, uh, then yeah, you're, you're going to bring politics into it, into it, whether you want to or not. And, yeah, and yes, games should be political because just like as Christina pointed out if movies can be political and, and make a certain point, then games should have the same right to be political and make a certain point. So they, I don't, I don't think they have a choice, but to be political and it's good because they should be political.
0: Oh well, yeah, so I was I was going to say that I don't think games really have a choice but to be political. Any creative medium at some point is going to turn political. Um I mean if you want to look at anything, mean, look at comic books, you know, X-Men, racism, Batman, anti-gun. Like it's like very you know, like a, a lot of comic books and other creative mediums have these kind of themes baked into them, so can games. But they can also be delivered in, you know, various ways, you know, like, you know, you know, Batman's anti-gun stance is, is a is a political threat throughout the entire Batman comic, but I'm not going to say it's like a direct political uh, engagement versus something like, you know, Watchmen, you know what I'm saying? Whereas with games, you have some games that are directly, uh, they are have, have direct, you know, political engagement, like, you know, this game is about a very specific political issue. And we're going to go ahead and talk about it like Deus ex mankind divided, which is, you know, what racism is to X-Men Deus ex mankind, you know, prejudice is to Deus ex mankind divided because essentially in both games, you know, the people who have augments versus people who don't, that's who you have to come across. And that divide Uh, gets a little bit more intense, actually quite a bit more intense in Deus Ex Mankind Divided because of the events from the previous game. But, you know, people who have augments are segregated in, you know, where they can go in the city, what train cars they can ride in, uh, how they're treated on the streets, you know, stuff like that. So you have a game like Deus Ex Mankind Divided that is directly addressing a political, uh, you know, item. Right. But then you have other games that may not necessarily directly address, um, you know, political items like maybe they're more of a backdrop to to the game itself. Like uh, Bioshock Infinite, for example, is a perfect example of that, because the game does not directly address white supremacy and religious extremism. However, that is the entire setting of the game. When you get to Columbia, it, Columbia is filled with white supremacists. They have, you know, like uh, Chinese, Irish, blacks working beneath them in the uh, kind of like in the workers part of the city to make the, everything operate. When you go into the city, like, one, like when you're in the city, like within the first 20 minutes, you know, you're given a baseball and you're supposed to throw it at an interracial at a couple. You know that's one of the first things you should do, and then also the the other thing of the game besides like white supremacy is religious extremism because the people who are in Colombia are religious extremists, you know, and they and they believe in um oh Comstock well, they believe in Comstock, but Comstock is like their leader right, and he says, you know you're doing this thing for God and blah 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 and I mean to the when I say extremism, I actually mean extremism like you know there's a part where a lady sets herself on fire in order to try to kill you and elizabeth so you know that that's kind of you know what i'm talking about but um they also have which one third part i thought was spooky they had a a john wilkes booth like fan club in that in that game i'm not sure if you guys have played it but yeah that was a little dark but um
2: you know what i played through that game and it's like I could see the religious aspects of it, but like looking back at it now, I was like, Oh, like now I'm thinking like, Oh my gosh, like it really does have, like, it's really racist. Like I didn't even notice while it was like a few years ago, but I don't, I didn't even remember that aspect of the game.
0: Yeah. Well, the the whole thing, the reason that they use it as a backdrop, cause they I don't think, I don't think they were trying to bring issues to light, right? They weren't trying to take the the white supremacy and the religious extremism and bring it to the forefront. Like, this is something that needs to be addressed in that game. And that game, they wanted to say, because, okay, that game took place in the early 1900s, right? Early 1900s, not a great time to be not white. You know, everybody knows that. But what they were trying to do in that game was show you that, look, even though things really sucked for, you know, minorities and everybody knows that back then was racist. Everybody knows that back then was like super misogynist and stuff like that. The people of this city thought it wasn't racist enough, thought it wasn't misogynist enough. They thought that the people on the ground were liberals, you know, compared to them. That's how. They, and so they wanted to make that, that uh, so show that, you know, these people are so far gone that even as bad as it was in the early 1900s, they thought it should be a bit more extreme. And that's how you get a political background like that in the backdrop, you know, of that of that game. So yeah, like that's like you have games that deal with like politics directly and some that deal with it in the background. You know, you have decisions that are made, like political decisions that are made for games, like, you know, let's talk about Battlefield 5. For example, like the decision to add women as a playable character uh in Battle Five is one hundred percent undoubtedly a political decision. Uh for some people, that and now 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 you kind of get into perspective, right? Because some people are like, oh, it's political correctness, and that's what the problem is. When for the other side it's like, well, no, this is more about equality. It's about, you know, having equal representation in your games you know that that's what it's about not necessarily about political correctness so you know political decisions also affect games you were gonna say something christina
2: well yeah i lost it for a second sorry but like this th- <laughs> the, the thing about that too is like everybody's saying like it's not historically accurate and stuff like that but aren't these like most of the time the games aren't historically accurate to begin with for the most part so
0: let me let me dive into that a little bit now i'm gonna start this by saying i don't care i'm i I, I, like so i don't care if they add women to battlefield because one i'm not a huge battlefield fanboy, right but even if they had battlefield and like you know battle even if they had women in battlefield 1942 or something like that i wouldn't have cared because when i was playing battlefield on a regular basis um, when it was one of the games that I liked that I played a lot, I put it, it, the experience for me was more about the gameplay, right? It was more about how the game played and, you know, playing with the team and stuff like that. For some people who play Battlefield, uh, more specifically play Battlefield in World War Two settings, I'm actually not going to say Battlefield players. I'm actually not going to use them here. I'm actually going to use people who play World War Two games. Because this affects them way more, I think, in this aspect. So people who play World War II games specifically, like, you know, when Battlefield decided to go forward in time, they didn't follow the series like those guys. They wanted to remain in the World War II era. Uh, You know, or the amount of people who picked up Call of Duty World War II because specifically it was in the World War II era. A lot of those guys played those games well, guys and girls, you know, sorry, I don't want to, you know, exclude anybody here, but a lot of those people play those games because of the setting and the immersiveness of the setting. So even if the gameplay isn't trim- that great, they may still enjoy the game because of the setting and they get immersed in the game because of that. In those cases, of course so the game obviously, unless you're gonna play like an armor version of it, the game isn't gonna be as realistic as it needs as it should be, or you know, the realism is gonna to be toned down a bit. That's understandable. Uh, in terms of the gunplay and stuff like that. But to add women into add women in mass, I should say, to a World War II game is gonna break the immersion for a lot of people. And I can understand their frustration with that. That being said, a lot of them are still gonna buy the game, you know, and they're still gonna play it, but they're they're expressing their uh frustration. Not everybody who said something negative about that was super like misogynist and really angry about it. Some people just express their opinions.
2: You right. know, however, you just see how the people it? that like complain the loudest.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's what you <laughs> usually see. <laughs> This battlefield is full of fucking, uh, well, what do they call them? uh, SJWs now. Dice is SJW. They they just want to push political correctness and feminism down our throat. Those are the people you're going to hear on Twitter. And those are the people who are going to be retweeted and shit like that, even by the people who support the decision. They're going to say, oh, look at this. Look at these men who don't want, you know, women in games. And they present it that way, which is just making the situation worse. But. We're not here to talk about that, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's the thing. like that's like a political decision, uh, you know, in, in a game. Even uh, you want to talk about another, like you know, put another political decision in a game. Talk about like, Tomb Raider, right? The decision to make Laura Croft's body more realistic for, like, I don't know, like a like a late teenage girl, because I'm pretty sure in the Tomb Raider reboot she was like. Nineteen, 18, 19, like she was still in her teens, you know, and they made her body way more realistic, even though it was funny because somebody somebody brought up the fact that they made her chest bigger in the new one. And I was like, really, I wasn't even paying attention to that. <laughs> you know,
2: maybe she's been working out more. So her arm muscles are getting bigger and it affects yeah. other things. So
0: yeah, you know, she's got those pecs behind, you know, yeah. Hey you never know but i didn't i didn't think about it but yeah with tomb raider the decision to make the, the her body a bit more realistic was uh that's a political decision you know too
2: there was a lot of people uh, that were angry about the movie that whoever they had casted in the movie had like a small chest and i'm like why are you complain why are you complaining about that stop
0: (laughs) it's the same people who complain when you take a white character from a comic book and make them another race and it's not just about in those cases it's not just about them being racist right it's about that they actually they do want authenticity like okay you just took this character and like you know that character is white in the comic book like but they're black even though like their whiteness is does not matter for the character right (laughs) you know like you know Captain America's whiteness matters because of his, of, his of, 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 you know, the time period and what he, what he was. But if you take somebody else like, oh, oh my God, what is her name? They just did it for uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, oh Valkyrie. Valkyrie, yes, thank you. You take somebody like that, their whiteness does not well, matter. Well, the,
1: the argument there is that there were no black people in Asgard. I mean, because that goes back to the argument over Heimdall being uh, played by Edris Elba
0: that's true yeah that's true and that's more of an authentic authenticity issue versus a character issue
1: right well yeah but you the,
0: know
1: yeah but then it's yeah but th- then the issue there is more so that back when these characters were created nobody was thinking about no, nobody was thinking about diversity at the time it wasn't an issue to them so they just went right ahead you would have to assume that if they were going to recreate even something like Asgard, which is technically based on North Norse mythology, there aren't too many black people in Norway yeah. natively. But you would still have to think that if you know Marvel or there was somebody building a you know, like a a, a universe of that sense today, they would put they would incorporate that, find ways to bring that in. Maybe Heimdall wouldn't be black, maybe Valkyrie wouldn't be black, but they'd find other ways to incorporate those characters in, knowing that they they serve a purpose and they need to be there.
0: Right? Yeah, they they, they would put. Comic books today are include more diversity as do games, but you know, like I said, it still has to do more with you know the uh, the authenticity of the character versus the actual you know their race being important. Like for example, uh, you can't make Luke Cage white, like you can't do it because of his because of his character. No,
2: but there are
0: like, but but you know, so for example, like John Stewart, Green Lantern, he can be white. Like there's nothing stopping you from making that character white. Like nothing about his character is wrapped in his blackness, you know. So you know that that's kind of the the deal there. Um, but that's the thing. That, again, how was this circling back to Lara Croft Tomb Raider? The the joke with the big boobs in Tomb Raider, right, is a part of that character's authenticity. Like when they see that character coming from a video game, they want to see that exact uh, replica on.
1: TV. If that's you know, the what, case, then uh,
2: they need to make it like triangular.
1: Because... Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's people that cosplay that they take like a tissue box and they turn yeah. it sideways and then they yeah. walk around with that under their shirt. So
0: yeah, but that's the thing. Like you know, so for them to take that, like you know, to make her body proportions more realistic, some people are like, well, no, that's part of that's part of the character, it's part of the joke, and so I can understand them being a bit upset about it, but. You know, it was it was stupid anyway. Like, you know, even even the people who made it thought it was stupid. They thought it was funny. That's why I mean for if you listen to the show and you don't know how Laura Croft got got gigantic got gigantic chest in Tomb Raider, is that, you know, they were developing Tomb Raider and uh the develop one of the um creative director was talking with the person doing the modeling for Laura Croft and the guy I guess he was getting frustrated and he just took her like the chest um uh, slider and slid it all the way up. And they thought it was a funny joke and they kept it in the game. (laughs) Like, that's how that happened. Uh, But yeah, that's like a political decision that you see in games. But I mean, like, tons of games have politics in it. Like, you know, for example, Detroit just came out. And a main political theme about that game is like domestic violence and also equality. Not just equality for all people, but equality for, you know, uh, sexual orientations and stuff like that. Um, Wolfenstein. Became political, which still amazes me. That amazes Bethesda that Wolfenstein was able to become political, you know, due to the current uh, political landscape in the United States and the fact that we do have Nazis marching, marching the streets. You know that when. So first of all, the team that makes Wolfenstein now, I'm pr- I'm pretty positive they are not a, a U.S. based developer. Uh, Machine Games, I'm pretty sure they're based in the UK. And the game, like the major themes of Wolfenstein 2 were already uh developed and ready to go. I mean, Wolfenstein has been is is always been anti-fascist. Like you have games like Wolfenstein, like even from the beginning, that it's about it's a it's a World War II game where you are fighting Nazis. Obviously, the political message there is that Nazis are bad, therefore fascism is bad. So Wolfenstein, the new Wolfenstein reboot, has been taking that message or taking that political stance and using it to an extreme. Like you're not just killing Nazis, you are obliterating Nazis. You know, um you actually <laughs> you're terrorizing them. That is, I mean you are they call you terror Billy. That's what they call you in the game terror billy. That's also the I'm pretty sure that's also the most difficult uh rating in the game too. Like if you go to the slider to turn to put your difficult it's called I am terror billy But like you're actually they're actually you know they call you terror Billy. So that that's they just amplified that, and now that that became political in you know twenty seventeen, which was you yeah, know, that blew ridiculous.
2: everybody's mind. Like I was, we I was talking about it at work with a lot of people too about how like it's now. I guess it's always kind of been political, but it was never actually political. Like in people's eyes, because it wasn't something that we actually dealt with, it's like, oh, that's something that happened like a long time ago. it's whatever, and then now it's happening again, and people are like, Oh shit, this is actually political, and it just it blew everybody's mind. I got complaints about it too, like why are they releasing this political game, and I'm like, you know, Wolfenstein's been around forever, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always been around about like you know killing Nazis like if you would have asked me in twenty sixteen if this could have been an actual political issue, I would have told you that it's it's probably as likely as doom becoming a political game because demons are now rising from a fucking hell dimension and, and they want to be heard. (laughs) Like, you know, that's that, like, it's just as likely, like, no way.
2: It's just around the corner. Don't worry. Yeah. Apparently so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Then you have other games that have politics, right? That like, uh, that don't necessarily, like, they have a solid political message, but they don't necessarily po- give arrows pointing directly to it. You know, like, hey, message, like, they don't necessarily do that. Um, Metal Gear is one of those games, because I know a lot of people who play Metal Gear that don't understand that Metal Gear is an anti-nuke game. Like, that's the, 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 the Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear, period, as a series is anti-nuke.
1: Go ahead. No, on the one hand, I'm like, how could you not understand that? But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, you cannot understand a lot about Metal Gear. So I mean, <laughs> it's, that story is very obtuse. But I feel like out of all the obtuseness to it, that like the anti nuke message is like the one thing that is obvious. I mean, it, it, there's that whole video that like, uh, what is it when at the end of the first game when you're leaving Shadow Moses on the little like snowmobile that plays like talking about the terrors of nukes and stuff like. Like, yeah, that that's, like, I can get you don't understand anything about, like, the Sons of Liberty or, or, or like, who Big bosses and all that stuff, like, it, you know, or, or the history of, like, Liquid Snake and all, like, okay, fine, that really gets bizarre in some places, but, like, the anti-nuke message is, like, the one thing that it wears on its sleeve.
2: And Animations. Like, Metal Gears are
1: bad. Metal Gears are bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because... I think everybody understands that, you know, having a nuke go off is a bad thing. So just playing the game and stopping somebody from getting a machine that can launch a nuke from anywhere is a bad, you know, is is a good thing. Like, you know, and at the game, Snake is basically or, you know, the developers are just solidifying like, hey, you did a good thing by making sure, you know, they didn't get the Metal Gear. But Metal Gear, like from start to finish, like Kojima, because Kojima, when he made Metal Gear, he says, you know, we used to have movies that were that will give you a solid message. And he says now he thinks games can portray that way better. Right. They they can deliver those messages way better. Obviously, he was wrong about that because people don't know that Metal Gear is anti-nuke, well, you know?
1: Well, yeah, but, you know, what? This that's the difference between saying like an after-school special gives you a solid message versus Twin Peaks gives you a solid message. <laughs> like, <laughs> like choose your delivery mechanism a little bit better.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. So that game has like a message.
1: But then you have,
0: you know, you also have games like Far Cry 5, which a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people took offense to Far Cry 5. And I gotta be honest with you, I don't think the Far Cry developers, uh have a great handle on how to handle people of different races and cultures, like period, maybe they should make a game in space or some shit like that, <laughs> where everything is neutral, like you just have good guys and bad guys because all of the far like far cry well, not one and two, but I'll say three, four, you know you had tons of stuff that was like subtly like, mm, I don't think they they meant to say that, or, ah, I'm not necessarily sure that they understand what they just did here, uh. Far Cry 5, they kind of flipped it, and now, you know, the bad guys are people from a deep red state. It's actually, I'm pretty sure, I haven't played Far Cry 5, but, you know, it got plenty of coverage, but I'm pretty sure it's like, you know, they're a part of like a religious cult that's like very anti-government and stuff like that, Um, and that's who you're, I guess you're saving the town from and, you know, uh, fighting against, and some people took this game as like you know you guys are insulting people from deep red states you know almost like they're trying yeah like it's it's almost like they're trying to pull like a gta but for people with deep red states like you know that i'm sorry go ahead
2: no, it's just, <laughs> well,
0: do you understand what i'm saying okay so okay here's what i say when i say that what i mean when i say that right grand theft auto it's content not the gameplay but the content is an extreme version of pop culture and sometimes politics. So basically what they're trying to do with Far Cry is do like an extreme version of what they see
1: for people who are like in deep red states. So so that's what Far Cry is trying to do or that's what people are saying Far Cry is trying to do? That's what people are saying Far Cry is trying to do. Okay, so because like... Cause like GTA is like satire, but it's really good satire. It's the kind of satire that you enjoy and you understand that it's satire. There's bad satire where you don't realize that it's satire and you think the person's just an idiot and they're actually being like a troll of anything. It's like watching like Colbert versus somebody trying to like be like Colbert and be edgy like that. And then you're like, whoa, dude, you're just pissing people off. Stop. Like, right. Right. So, so you're saying that people are interpreting far cry, like a bad Colbert, basically. Basically. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's what I'm I'm saying, right? And actually, that's one thing I forgot about, like, GTA, because GTA is satire. Like I said, GTA is an extreme version of whatever the current pop culture is, right? But sometimes it does have politics. Like, for example, in GTA V, one of the missions that you get is to torture... um, You know, you have the, the fake version of the FBI in GTA, and they call you to come and torture... Somebody who they think is a terrorist, who's not a terrorist. He's just a guy, and so that—that's like a—that's a political message against the United States and how they handle, you know, torture and terrorism. You know, actually, I think that there's a lot of people who could, you could have possibly, even if you play GTA Five, maybe even multiple times. There's a possibility you still could have missed that mission because it's not one you have to pick up. Well, you only oh, go ahead.
2: There's one in the main story where you still have to torture somebody with Trevor. I mean, not that one specifically, but there's still That's no? not
0: main story. Like it's not? basically the No, it's not a main story mission. You have like so basically, you know how you get phone calls sometimes during like while you're playing? You have to pick up the phone to get that mission. If like you're doing something else and you don't pick up the call, you won't get the mission. Oh.
2: I did not play yep. much of that game that that's what you though made me cringe like m- things in games don't make me cringe that much but i was just like oh i don't Yeah, like when running. i hit
0: him in the knee with that fucking wrench i'm like oh my god like this is <laughs> fucking crazy. like this is this is one of the worst things i've ever done and i played through spec ops the line spec ops the line is the worst <laughs> thing i've ever done in a goddamn video game ever
1: <laughs> i finished that, that game that, that's and, a political game if ever there was
0: one. Oh my god I, I dude i finished that game and like almost immediately wrote an editorial about it because i'm like i am such a terrible person i'm a terrible person because i killed all these people in this video game <laughs> Like it, it is all oh yeah that that's one to talk about that's another one i didn't have on our list here uh spec ops the line Gameplay, I'm gonna give it a seventy, right? Seventy out of one hundred. But that fucking story, man, like that story was incredible. Did you play
2: Spec Ops: The Line, Christina? No, but I know what it's about, and I need. We, yeah. we I think we should. Pro- I really think we should have more games like that.
0: I wish the 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 team or the creative director who made Spec Ops: The Line. They asked him, "Would you make another one?" And he says, "I'd rather walk on glass." Cause it was a tough game to make, yeah. and I can see what that game it, that game was a tough game to make, like well, from a the, story perspective.
1: The guy that wrote it, uh, I want to say he he worked on uh, the the newest Battlefield story, another Battlefield. Star Wars Star Wars Battle uh, the Star Wars oh. Battlefield one.
0: Battlefront. The Battlefront.
1: Yeah. The uh, Battlefront Two. Yeah, the one that actually has a story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You did. Um, I I have Battlefront Two. I got it on the EA sale, so yeah. I might actually
1: it's, have to. Check I mean, it's, it not, out. Uh, it's not quite the same as. uh It's not quite the same as. <laughs> no, he's, not the ones Obviously, game. but uh, uh, I, I want to say he worked on that. So,
0: yeah, like Spec Ops: The Line, is definitely it's a political game. I, 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 you know, I know we gave spoilers for other games and shit earlier, but I will never spoil Spec Ops: The Line for somebody unintentionally. Never. Because I don't want to dis—I don't—that would be a disservice for for me to that person. I
2: kind of wish it wasn't spoiled because I don't know if I would have played it if I didn't know you know the ending anyway. But I kind of wish I could have experienced that on my own kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I—well, first of all, the game has like four endings. Like the their end result is the same, but there's four actions that can be taken at the very end of the game. And I have never walked away from a game, credits rolling, feeling like a complete and utter asshole and bad person. Never. And I have done some crazy shit in games. You know what I'm saying? That game. And I think it's because you don't know what you did. It doesn't, the way they wrote the game. The story doesn't fully come together and the impact of the story doesn't come together until the end of the game. It's like, sure, you know, this happened, you know, that happened, you see what happens when you do this, you see what happens when you do that. And then at the end of the game, they just tie it together and it's like, dude, I can't, like,
2: who are you?
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, they when also have, have that
2: uh, one mission in which Call of Duty is that Modern Warfare 2? Is it where you're well, in the no plane? Russian? Huh?
0: Well, uh, we're in, in the airport. We're in the airport. Yeah,
2: that was Modern Warfare too.
0: Yeah. yeah, no Russian. Yeah,
2: yeah, like they had to remove that mission for a while, right? Because they
0: didn't remove it. They gave you the option to skip it. Okay. They gave you the option to skip no Russian.
2: Yeah, because you could just what well, it it was like a terrorist, right? Like you're in an airport and you're like acting as a terrorist. Even though you yeah. weren't, because you were trying to gain their trust to infiltrate them, and they knew who you were anyway, and they shot you at the end after you did all those exactly. bad things. Yep, that yep. is intense yep. as well.
0: Yeah, that I think they got blown up way too too much. Like you know, people were freaking out about it, right? But you know, it was, that was modern warfare too. That was um, you know that that was a, that was a thing for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't think the I'm trying to think like well here's the thing about No Russian, right? Like no the, the Call of Duty 2. I am positive that they weren't necessarily trying to make a political statement, right? They were trying to go for shock factor and it became like a political thing cuz that's what Call of Duty was. That's what this is, what, you know. This is what Bobby Kotick wanted. He wanted like a Hollywood style game and they, they gave him one. You know, that, that's, 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 that's what happened. So, but yeah, I mean, like there's just be, games being a creative medium in general. There's going to be politics. And there's nothing like you would be stifling the medium by trying to keep politics out of it, you know? And just because a game has a different political view than you doesn't mean they're actually trying to stuff anything down your throat either. Because that's a, um a common that's something that you'll hear, you know, uh sometimes that oh, you know, these games now they're so PC and they're trying to stuff political correctness down, you know, your throat and that's just not the case. Like people think differently from you. And sometimes you I think games are a great way to experience somebody else's uh political opinion because just like the educational aspect of games, like you can actually play through it. You can understand reasoning a bit better. You can get you maybe uh be a bit empathetic to what's happening because just because somebody disagrees with you on a political, you know, politically, right. Doesn't make them a bad person. And that's one of the biggest issues we have right now in politics. Like if you don't agree with me, then you're an idiot and you're a bad person. You don't want what's best for this country. You're immoral, blah, 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 blah. There is no mid ground. And so I think games might be the best medium for a delivery of politics, you know? That's that's what I think. But even games that have, like, I think games that have political backgrounds but aren't necessarily political are even great as well. Like Let's take Bioshock Infinite. If you really had, you never even really thought about what it was like to be a minority in this country in the early 1900s or how difficult minorities had it, you know? And remember, like, at this time, it wasn't just, you know, when I, when, I, when you say minority, people automatically think black people, Hispanic people, you know, some people don't even think of Chinese or Asian people as minorities right now, you know, uh, and then you also have like the Irish who are also included in that group of lower class citizens that may that those thoughts may have never came across somebody's mind before. Because they've never had to think about it or deal with something like that, and now they're in this world with Bioshock Infinite, where that is just the fact of the matter, that is the reality of what they see, and now it's now it's in their head. Now maybe they they start thinking about it. Maybe they get a little bit more empathetic. You know, the more you under and maybe they learn more about the world that's around them now, and that just makes everything a bit better. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, we definitely, I think, need to have more of an outlet of that. Because, like, you see things, like, on Twitter and Facebook all the time where, like, if uh, something happens and somebody doesn't understand it, then they're automatically the bad guy because they don't understand what's going on. And it's like they just haven't been exposed to those kinds of things. Um, Like, I've had people come up to me and make a comment about certain things um, A big thing that I get all the time is like people ask me like, oh, why don't you like play games where you wear headsets and talk to people like it's a lot of fun. And I'm like, oh, well, it's because I'm a girl. And then they look at me and they're like, oh, like they don't think about like sometimes I get treated differently when I'm talking to different people online because I'm a girl when they see me in person because like that's never happened to them. They just play a game and they're good to go kind of thing.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, people, there's certain people don't think about things, right? You know, um, like, for example, this is not about games. This is something else that happened. So uh, I was, uh, I was out and um, I was out of somebody's place, right? I had to take my wallet out and uh, we, because um, I, I don't want to get into it, but I had to take my wallet. I didn't have it on me at the, at the exact moment of this thing happening, Right. So we need to go out, me and this person need to go out and get something. And this place is, like, right around the corner. Uh, we're outside. I'm like, okay, just give me a second. I need to go inside and get my ID so that we can I can drive around the corner. And the guy's like, oh, man, it's just right around the corner. It's not going to make a difference. You know, even if we get pulled in, man, it's right around the corner. like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, dude, I'm black. I can't be caught without my ID. <laughs> like, that's just not... That's not a great situation for me to be in. And then the next 30 to maybe 30 minutes to maybe 45 minutes was me explaining why that's not a great idea. You know, so he and when we left that conversation, he was very like he I don't know, it was almost like (laughs) he saw the world in a different way. I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to bum you out. I just need to get my ID (laughs) and we can go and get this thing that we need to get, you know, but yeah, like people, you're right. People don't think about certain things, uh, you know, like that. So no, I, I I totally get, you know, what you're, what you're saying there. Um, But, you know, we were also going to talk about politics and game communities, which is not, it's not necessarily the same conversation, right? This is, this is a little different. We're talking about, you know, people who love the same game, Coming together in communities and whether or not it should be okay to put politics into those communities, right? Because we, so there was a thread a couple weeks, not a couple of weeks ago, but I think it was about a week ago at this point from this recording. And somebody went on a rant about, you know, you can't have politically neutral communities. Like if you go into a game community and you, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you, it, if you can. Engage with other people and it not have any politics in it at all, or you will say something like you don't want politics in your games, then that comes from a place of privilege. Like, you know, only people who are privileged enough to not have to deal with that are ones that can go and, um, you know, not have politics in games or in their games or game communities at all so that's kind of where we you know we started thinking you know we started talking about this and you know we, we said okay we're gonna bring it onto the show so you know it's really difficult to not have politics in game communities because all these people who are coming into this game community are coming from different places it's not like everybody who plays smash is from the northeast and everybody who plays street fighter is from southern california <laughs> you know like it's it's not like that. You have tons of people coming from different communities who have experienced different things in life, taught different things in life, may not have experienced being around other cultures, other uh, communities, other races. And those all come together when you have game communities. So I'm going to say it's extremely difficult to not have politics in game communities. However, it is not impossible to have a neutral. Game Community, but it is difficult, and I think the reason so basically like when you say like neutral game community, some people take it in multiple ways, right? Some people would be like, uh oh well, you can't bring up uh any type of politics, right like you can't bring up anything about uh l g b t rights you can't bring up anything about women's rights. Or, you know, uh, police brutality, anything like that, you can't do those things, right? And usually what happens in those communities is that while those topics are never brought up, or if somebody brings them up, they're shot down. When somebody makes a political comment, like calling somebody a fag or, you know, uh, calling somebody a whore or something like that, it's just tossed to the side. Like, nothing is ever done about it. That's not a politically neutral community. Because you have clearly shown your bias toward whatever you just insulted, you know that's not a completely uh, neutral community. I have been in completely political neutral communities where if you were to say something like that, where you call somebody a fag, you call somebody uh, you know gay, you call them you know a nigger, whatever you call, you do those things, you're out, you know. But it also, if you're the person who's making political posts. Like if you're trying to make a political post about LGBT rights, uh, I'm just going to say hot topics right now, police brutality, guns, stuff like that. Those topics go away too. these. We we are talking strictly about the game and that is it, you know, but
1: how does a community like that survive though? If let's say like an LGBTQ member shows up and let's say that their, their avatar is just a picture of them. Being LGBTQ, like you know, that- like right,
0: like does it have like you know symbolism stuff like that? Yeah,
1: like there's symbolism in, in, in there, but it's it's like or it's like let's say it's them at a pride parade, let's say something like that.
2: So, yeah. well, you don't have to th- talk about it. I mean, it's just the yeah, it's, it's their avatar. If it's online, I feel like it's it's easier to maintain and and do those kinds of things. But if you bring that community out into the real world, there's No way. Too many
0: variables. So I guess it's.
2: If you go to like a convention with like a specific community, like you all hang out online, there's no way that stuff's not going to come up because there's no way to like keep an eye on it. Like there's no way to block people's facial expressions. Like there's no way to do that in person. Online, it is doable.
0: Right. Well, that's primarily what we're talking about here because that's what that forum post was not forum post, but that tweet was primarily talking about, you know? You know, or and like, and like, let's say a Facebook group or Reddit, a subreddit, something like that. Um, but even online, it's extremely difficult to do because people make comments like, if you think, if you grew up in a, in a place where it's okay to be anti-gay, you might say some anti-gay shit and not think twice about it because that's just the way you guys talk where you are. And bam, now, now, now you're in trouble, and you don't understand. And
2: then you get defensive you know, and angry on. and.
0: Exactly, but like it's I have snowflakes
1: like, being sensitive.
0: The different, the thing about politically neutral communities is great moderation. That's actually what it is. It's it's great moderation. Unfortunately, like, you know that that's kind of the deal. Like you have to have amazing moderators to have a politically neutral community. But the, the thing that I like about politically neutral communities, I, I like them a lot because they force people to focus on what you have in common. Not what you don't have in common, so if you can have a politically neutral community online and it does reach to the point where you are you know meeting up in person and doing stuff like that, you guys you are already you know a lot about this person you uh have you know what you have in common, what you like in terms of this game, so when the other political stuff does come out, like what if this person that you have made this connection with? online as a great person you two are great friends you play all the fucking time uh you know and you find out they're gay you know or in my case you know what used to happen a lot when uh i would meet up with somebody in real life uh they would find out i was black you know <laughs> like well dude i didn't i didn't know you were black you know, like, wow, like, and I've had people tell me that their entire perspective on black people had changed after they met me in person. I'm, I'm I've trying, had that happen on multiple occasions.
1: I'm, I'm trying to think what a white guy with your voice looks like.
0: <laughs> I just can't do it. So but I think one thing is to explain, right? Like when I was back in my in my PC heyday, right, you know, um, when I was going, when I was landing and planning and going to competitive events and shit like that, um, PC gaming, actually PC gaming is still really white, but don't get me, don't get me wrong. But back then it was really white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like to be like, I could count the number of black people that I met online or like, you know, that, that I interacted with online, like at least if we talked on voice or something like that. I could probably, on, on between my two hands, I could number the amount of people that, that I came across that were actually, you know, black or even Hispanic, dude. Like, it was like, that was the thing, because I, I had this conversation with somebody else, but PC gaming, still to this day, is privileged. <laughs> it is. PC gaming is a privilege. If you play on PC, which actually probably most people do and uh, who will listen to this show right it's from a place of privilege i'm I'm sorry that's why console competition is way more diverse than pc co- competition
1: go ahead go ahead nick doesn't that put a really sour sour tint on the whole concept of the pc master race then <laughs> i think well first of all pc master race is a fucking joke dude everybody
0: knows it that's a right. part well, of it but that's <laughs> where
1: these things start is like oh pc master race but secretly it's like oh this is where all the whites can actually congregate in gaming because we're the only ones that can afford pcs
0: well some people may take it that way like i love the pc master race meme it's amazing to me i fucking love it because the, the, it, it's funny
2: there are people though that take it seriously like they do <laughs>
0: there, i know i believe you i'm not saying you're wrong on that i just think like like most of the people that i know like you know you mentioned pc master race we get a little you know you get a little chuckle out of it you know when you act like a douchebag a little bit you know because oh pc master race sorry i don't play anything below 300 frames per second
2: i mean any time people are like oh do you play final fantasy on ps4 i'm like no i play it the right way i normally get it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that that's you know stuff like that um but, yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, you, you can, like, by having a neutral game community and making these connections and then even meeting up in real life, don't get me wrong, it can go horribly wrong, right? But it can also go very right. <laughs> you know, it can. Like, you can change people's perspective. Like, you know, because like, we talked about this pre-show. Um, I used to be a huge bigot, right? I used to be a huge bigot. I did not like gay people Gay people in general, like just period, just because they were gay, you know, I was a terrible person. It is embarrassing for me to think about the type of person that I was be that I was before. And I was consider, I was still considered a nice guy, you know, but like I thought homosexuality was disgusting, you know, because and that came a lot. That came actually, it all came from the way I was like raised and the religion I was raised in, right? And woo, the thing that kind of turned me from being a huge douchebag into you know, what I am now is being in a neutral space with gay people, right? Like people who I didn't even know were gay until they really brought it up. But by, by, by the time that happened, we had already made a connection. So I was already, you know, friends with these people. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, and it helps you realize, like, we're not that different. You know, we're really alike. They're just like me. Like, why, you know, why am I trying not to like this person all of a sudden, just because they told me that they were gay, you know, and I mean, it's been a long time since I was that person, but it's still super embarrassing for me to think about, uh, but being in a neutral space, which at that time wasn't that the neutral space I was in was not a gaming one, um, with that person, uh, with the, with those people, I should say, it was more like a work thing. Cause you don't bring that shit at, at work, like work can be a, like a politically neutral place. actually. It should be. In most cases, a politically neutral place. Um, but that's why I also think that, you know, based off of my experiences with that and my experiences, you know, in gaming communities, that a neutral space is a great place to turn people's biases to to, to, to help remove their biases, you know.
2: Yeah, it Go was... Go ahead, Nick. Huh. Oh, no, Nick, what's up? Well, no,
1: but I'm just thinking, in a way, like, it, you're almost making an argument that neutral space is not a neutral space. It's pro integration that if you are bigoted and closed-minded and want to stay that way, then you have to avoid neutral spaces because that's how they trap you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that That is one way to say it. That, no, Nick <laughs> is right. That's who, that's one way to say it because some people enjoy being bigoted. They enjoy being racist. Like that's what they want. Like they actually, you know, They think that they're superior because of X, Y, Z, and that's going to change that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that neutral spaces are the answer to that. There will always be, I'm sorry to say it, there will always be racists. There will always be bigots. There will always be bullies. Always. Because humans suck. But the thing about it is, there's a lot of people who are raised in certain ways and they don't question, they, 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 they're raised that way or, you know, they had certain experiences that create, that make them be, you know, whatever way we're, you know, we're talking about here. And, you know, uh, you can unlearn behaviors like that if you really want to, uh, if, if you want to, like if the only reason you really hate gay people is because that's what you were taught. You know that's your reality. That gay people are bad. That's the foundation. That's part of the foundation of your reality. Um, then that's something that can be unlearned. You know that that that. So it, it's not it's not a complete answer, but it's helpful. In many cases, it's more helpful than finger wagging, put put pushing an agenda down somebody's throat. You know, even if it's one that's inclusive. You know, sometimes it just you know, it just won't, it's, it it won't take, you know, when you directly challenge somebody's beliefs, not opinions per se, but beliefs, you're going to run into trouble. You know, like if you're telling somebody, no, you're wrong and your way of life is wrong because, you know, um, I I keep picking like anti-gay, right? Like, because that's probably the easiest one to do. (laughs) You know, like if you're, if you're anti-gay, Um, or even anti, you know, uh, you know, or like a white supremacist or, you know, something like that, that's, that goes beyond opinion. You know, that goes way beyond opinion. That is a belief that is part of the structure of your reality. Like the rest of your logic in your life is based off of that foundation that you've built in your, you know, in, in the foundation of your reality, you know? So like opinions can get changed, Sometimes by logic. However, if your logic is based off of certain beliefs, that's a different story. So that's why I'm not a big fan of finger pointing and, uh, you know, trying to push agendas down people, you know, down people's throats. Works for some people.
2: I mean, also, and I'm not saying for everything, but like everybody has their own opinion and their own political stance. Like, Just because you don't agree on the same thing doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong or that you're wrong. It's just you don't agree. Like, you don't have to hate that person or have an argument. I mean, I have, like, friends that are, like, my best friends, like, who we believe in different things, like, somewhat politically. And we're just like, all right, whatever, you know? Like, we can still have a debate about it. um, But it's no reason to hate each other, you know?
0: Right. No, you know, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. But like, you know, I think your conversations will go a little bit deep differently if you are being very aggressive
2: about what you're
0: about what you're saying to them. It's a different story,
2: right?
1: Yeah, but it, I think it depends on the conversation that you're having. If you're arguing about like what the marginal tax rate should be for a certain percentage of income, like that's that's one type of discussion. If you're arguing about like bigotry and whether a certain group of people should be allowed to have rights and exist.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I that's mean. an
1: entirely different conversation. <laughs> that's so not what
2: I'm, I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying
2: in general, like, I'm not saying that, yeah, no. Yeah. It, she does well, not, I mean, they, we don't believe that.
0: <laughs> but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's like, uh, in my opinion, opinions and belief. Your thoughts on the marginal tax rate is an opinion. Your thoughts on whether or not people deserve to be treated the same way whether they're, you know, black, white, gay, straight whatever, that's a belief. You know, that that is something that goes a bit deeper.
1: I'm sorry, but my thoughts on the marginal tax rate are a fact, and I know exactly what it should be said <laughs> at for the best sustained economic growth in this country, but that's that's besides the point.
0: That's a the wrong podcast, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean like I mean overall, in terms of the politics and game communities, I think politics and game communities like uh you know like so the thread from this person which i don't want i'm not going to put the thread into the show notes because i don't want any if somebody hears this and they get upset by it i don't want them throwing any hate her way that was her opinion on the matter you know uh her opinion on the matter was that that you know you should not shy away from politics in game communities at all and that it should be injected there because some people can't they don't have the luxury of not dealing with certain political aspects you know for example uh, a female gamer going into a minor a, a majority controlled male space the politics that work and that even if you're not saying anything about the politics of you know females and game communities it's going to come up you know guys are going to be like oh girl gamer maybe i should ask her out because more than likely none of the other 100 200 500 people in this group have done so you know like it's like that is not something like you know that that's going to happen like there's certain and I think maybe so that's more what she was talking about certain dynamics in game like in communities when they engage will happen you know like you know if Christina gets on a mic and plays Overwatch she's gonna get you know sexually harassed and uh, uh, you know asked out way more than I would you know Nobody's sexually harassing Ja.
2: Nobody's asking you out?
0: Nobody's asking me out. I'm oh, a little offended.
2: I'm sorry. You
0: know, it's I've been working on my squats. Nobody's paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so. pretty
2: bad being in like that public space. And I don't talk online. I have had people... In Final Fantasy, Asked to Marry Me, which has been weird because I don't verbally talk to do them.
0: Dude, <laughs> let me tell you about when I used to play Warcraft and play female characters. And I would, I would just siphon so much gold from guys. Siphon so much. Like, I was the, I was the guy who was a playing a girl character and a dude on the other end. That was me. Because you know what? Gotta eat. You know, need that gold so I can get that mount.
2: Giving us a bad name, man. <laughs> Giving us a bad name. But no, it really is
0: like... Actually, yeah, it probably didn't uh. help side. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't even tell them that I was a, a, a girl or a woman. You know, just the thought of it, Like, I guess. Like, I wouldn't specify what sex I was. I would just like kind of play along with it. But they were trying to play cool, too. Like, oh, I don't want to ask if she's a girl. <laughs> you know, like, I guess. You know, I play along with it. So don't get me wrong. I, I I understand. That's like one of the, that's one of the, that's kind of what she's talking about, I think. Just an example. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't talk to the person directly. So I don't know if that's exactly what they're talking about. But that's what I would imagine. They, they, they're they speaking of like sometimes it's unavoidable in communities. Uh, but at the same time, there are people with counterpoint saying that, you know, having a neutral community, like, it's, it's kind of a good thing. Because some people do just want to play the game. They do just want to talk about the game. And that's it. And you shouldn't necessarily force it down throat. And I do agree with that as well. So,
2: like I I said, it's it's easier to do it online. But when you're when you're going somewhere in person, like I'm going to show up. I'm a girl. Guys are going to start talking to me. Like it just. And I I don't want to be like that's what's going to happen. Like that's what happens. Like and in my job, at least like twice a week, people will ask me. I could be wearing a fake wedding ring. I don't actually have a wedding ring. I could be wearing like a wedding ring. And they'd still ask me out, or if I'm not wearing one, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm married." They're like, "Oh, well, where's your ring?" And it's like, "Bro, like I'm at work. Let me be. You know, like it doesn't. It happens all the time."
0: No, I, I believe you. Don't get me wrong. I believe, but I mean, like I said, I, I think uh, neutral spaces still can be or can be very helpful. Just as probably helpful as, uh, you know, politically charged places, because different things work for different people. Uh, but yeah, with that, we can go ahead and we'll go ahead and close up this show unless you guys have something else. No. No, good to go. Everybody's everybody's uh, set and happy. Good to go. All right. All right. So uh, yeah, the this podcast you can find on multiple podcast platforms i mean all you have to do is go to your podcast app of choice search for the Mashcast, and it should show up if it does not show up you can just search for well you do not search but you can um go to the Mash's buttons website and grab the rss feed and pop it into your favorite podcatcher on both ios and android especially on android now google Podcasts are taking it seriously now so they're the podcast app on google um you can keep up with us on uh social media, on Twitter specifically on twitter.com slash MTB site, but also Facebook.com slash mash buttons and youtube.com slash mash buttons. You guys want to give your social info?
2: Uh yeah, I am s'mores pop tart uh with a Z at the end of S'mores on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Um and I do stream at least once a week on Twitch, just Final Fantasy stuff.
1: And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network uh, as the host of WoW Talk and the Torn and the Goblin. Both are World of Warcraft podcasts. So if you like World of Warcraft, check them out.
0: All right. And you can catch me at Church of Jaw on Twitter, but you can also catch me on Watchpoint Radio Weekly. Uh, we release the podcast every Wednesday, but you can catch us Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every week where we stream the new episodes. Uh, if you enjoyed the show and you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice and to share the show with others. So, yeah, if you could do those things for us, that is a tremendous help. We got, we thank you guys very much for doing that for us. And I also suggest you guys check out the uh, other shows on mash Buttons. Go to matchupbuttons.com slash shows, and you can see, you know, what's going on with Nick's latest podcast, what's going on with mine. We also have Sit Rep Radio, which is a division podcast, and we have Double Tap, which is a fighting game podcast. So check those out. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and night, and we'll catch you later.
2: Bye.
1: See ya.